We've been looking at this same verse here uh, for a couple weeks now, a few weeks now. And we're going to read just, just one verse here out of this so we can get cruising. We can get cruising. Y'all ready for some word tonight? Yes, sir. You ready for some revelation tonight? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Thank God has some great things he wants to say to us tonight. Amen. So let's tune up, perk up, hey. listen up, sit up. Hey. Amen. And uh, wake up, stir up, and uh, pull everything God has for us tonight. Amen? All right, Psalm 71, verse 21, again says this, You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Father God, tonight, thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray for each and every person in this room, Lord, that we are in position to hear the word of God, that, Father, that we are setting our hearts and our minds in readiness, oh God, that we, tonight we receive the word of God with meekness because it's able to save our souls. And I think that the word that you'll speak to us tonight, Father, Lord, that we'll receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which will work effectively in those who believe. Tonight we believe your word. We will mix the word with faith so that it, it will produce in us that, that level and that awakening of greatness that you're sending it to produce in us, oh God. We want to be all that you're calling us to be. So speak, Lord, for your servants we hear. We will obey and pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So you shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Tonight I want to talk on this subject, uh, part two of this, the great, uh, great awakening. And we're going to focus on this subject, shining stars. Great awakening, shining stars. Glory to God. Everybody say shining stars. Shining stars. All right. So you shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. So increase greatness means that greatness has to already be there. Right? And so God is interested in increasing our greatness, which means he's put greatness already on the inside of every single one of us. Amen. Now, I gave you this on, I believe it was last week, this definition or this word uh, great from the Hebrew. It's the, Greek, the Hebrew word gadal, gadal, G-A-D-A-L, which means to grow, to become great or important. All right? So you, can, you are supposed to uh, grow and become great or become important. Glory to God. You're supposed to be important. You're not supposed to be some unknown uh, as New King James, mean or average person. You know, the Bible says a man who's diligent in his business, he'll stand before great men. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to be those great men that they stand in front of. Amen? Yeah. All right, so to become great or important, to do great things, to be magnified. Everybody say to be magnified. Yeah. All right, so we've established that this is what God is saying uh, for us, that he shall increase our greatness. Our importance. <laughs> You're not supposed to be some average Joe. You're not supposed to be a nobody. You got it? Every one of us, in fact, I think we're, we'll get to this here somewhere in the next few weeks. I'm, I've been just jotting down notes every once in a while here as, as they come. A message on influencers. That God wants to, us, us to become influencers. That we're not supposed to be the ones being influenced. We're the ones to be the influencers. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You got it? So you and I are supposed to be influencers, so that means we've got to become important. We've got to, as I heard Pastor Chris say, get big. Praise God. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, get big. Get big. Hallelujah. 
It's time to get big. No more time for being small potatoes. It's time for us to get big. Praise God. All right, now, now we as born-again believers, I've been sharing this with you, that we're supposed to be great. Everybody say, I'm supposed to be great. Again, because we're being filled with the fullness of God. All right? Uh, Ephesians 3.19 talks about that, that, Paul's prayer, that we be filled with the fullness of God. So God is great, so we're supposed to be great. Okay? Now let's look at this scripture over here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. See what it says to us here. Because 1 Peter tells us something about ourselves. 1 Peter 1.23 says that you and I have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of what? But incorruptible that's incorruptible seed. Remember that I told you that word seed was what? Sperma. Sperma, right? Okay, where we get the word sperm from. That's what it is, okay? So you and I were produced by God's own seed. Yes. So just like uh, dogs produce dogs and, 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 and uh, you know, cats produce cats and whales produce whales, God produces gods. I heard he has on this side. I didn't hear anything on this side. God produces gods. Psalm 82, God said, you are gods. Jesus came along and talked to the Pharisees one day. He said, didn't, didn't, I, didn't your, your word, didn't the word already say, you are gods? Okay, Adam was the son of God. All right? And so, uh, so we've been born again of this incorruptible seed through the word of God. So the word of God is the seed that produced us. Okay? So you're, you already are born with great potential on the inside of you, okay? So there's a greatness seed that's already on the inside of you, which means we have God's DNA, okay? All right, so according to this, the seed of greatness, everybody say the seed of greatness. Okay? The seed of greatness is already on the inside of you. Okay? So if a seed is in something, when you put a seed in the ground, when you put a, take, a, take a, a pot and you put a seed in that soil in that pot, um, uh, there, it's a tomato seed, uh-huh. right? But when somebody asks you, hey, what did you plant? You don't say I planted tomato seeds. Tomato. You say I planted tomatoes. Because you already know how to speak the end from the beginning. You already know that. That's the way you operate. Got it? And so that's the way God operated. So when he put his seed in you, he's not looking at where you are now. He's thinking already about you. He's already declaring the end from the beginning. He's already thinking about you where, where he sees you long down there in the future. Praise God. So it doesn't matter where you started. It doesn't matter where, where any, any of us have begun. God already has a great plan for our lives, and he's going to work that plan to bring it to pass in our lives. You got it? All right, now, I want you to go and look at the book of uh, St. Luke, please. St. Luke, chapter 1. The seed of greatness. Everybody say, the seed of greatness is already in me. All right, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Now remember what we just read in 1 Peter 1.23, that we were born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Everybody understand that? How many of y'all born again? I assume everybody here on Wednesday night, right? Okay, so if you're born again, you got born again because the seed of the word was planted in your heart. As a matter of fact, your Bible tells us that we pray this all the time. Before I, I preach, I, I pray this a lot, many times. I pray that you receive the word of God, the, and it's the implanted word of God with meekness, which is able to save your soul. The implanted word of God. Everybody understand what an implant is? An implant, 
becomes part of what it was planted in. Right? So we, we receive the implanted, or another word, engrafted word of God. So the word of God has become part of us. The word of God is part and parcel of who we are. So now that the word of God, the seed of the word of God is in us, it is producing, rearranging, reconstructing, reforming everything on the inside of us. You know, we, we went over that in Matthew 13, how it talks about when the seed, of uh, the mustard seed is planted in, in, a, in a field. It's the least of all the herbs. But when it is grown, it becomes greater than all the other trees. Okay? So the seed of God is on the inside of us. It, it is a seed of greatness. You understand that? So the seed is in us. I, I, I don't know why I'm still saying this. Y'all, y'all, I just want to make sure I keep driving this to you. The seed of greatness is on the inside of you. If you're born again, you have everything already on the inside of you to become the greatest in all the land. Oh, y'all receiving that tonight. Glory to God. And, and you know, so when you put a seed in, in that pot, we go back, let's go back to that tomato seed that you put in that pot. Only thing you got to do is keep, keep, uh, just take care of the ground. Give it some light. Give it some water. Give it some light. Give it some water. Give it some light. Keep, give it some water. Keep the weeds out. Keep the bugs out. This is what we call guarding your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So when the seed of God has been planted in your heart, you have to just simply guard your heart with all diligence. No, I don't want that weed. I reject that thought. I reject that idea of, of mediocrity. I reject average thoughts. I reject small thinking. I reject this, uh, the devil's enticements. I get all the bugs out. You know bugs. You know the, the, uh, Satan is Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies. Satan is just a big old bug. That's what he is. He's a, just a big old bug, Beelzebub. So you got to protect your, your ground, you got to keep the bugs out. You know, you ever, anybody, ever, you ever plant uh, good St. Augustine grass, you want chinch bugs away from, I mean, man, they get in there and tell your grass, uh, ch chinch bugs, they don't care how much you invested in your grass. They don't care. They're going to get in there and feast. No, you got to get those things out of there. And so for our hearts, that's why the Bible says, guard your heart. Let's look at that. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll detour here for a second. Proverbs 4. Glory to God. Verse 23. Verse 23. Got it? Matter of fact, let's go to verse 20. Verse 20. Ready? Read. My son, give attention to my words. Come on. What are you doing about this? You're giving it more light and more water. You understand that? You have the word seed on the inside. So the more light you give it, the more water you give it, it encourages the growth. It encourages that seed. Oh, my God. It encourages that. That first thing that seed does is it, it breaks open. So that what's inside of it can now spring up. All right? Now watch. Watch. So uh, verse 20, 21 rather. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, that's the seed, the word seeds, they are life. To those who find them and what? 
Are y'all reading that? And health to all their flesh. Verse 23. Now go ahead. Keep your heart. Come on. For. Got it? Okay. So greatness is going to spring out of your heart. Do you understand that? Greatness is going to spring out of your heart. That's why you got to make sure you protect your heart. That's why you got to renew your mind. Because you're going to be transformed into that great person that you are by the renewing of your mind. Are you seeing this tonight? Okay, so we're working on this here. So everybody say this with me again. The seed of greatness, the seed of greatness is already inside me. Already inside. Oh, there's, I'm, I'm going somewhere, boy. Great, great, just ready to happen. I'm great going somewhere to happen. Say that. Say, I'm great going somewhere to happen. Glory to God. One of these, one of these days, it won't be long now. I'm, it's going to be my showtime. Come on now. Remember that greatness means to grow, become great, or important, do great things, to be magnified. God's ready to reveal what's been hidden on the inside of you. The Bible says all the earth groans, travails, waiting for the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God. Well, it's about that time. Oh, I'll tell your neighbor it's about that time. All right, now, again, let's look here at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. The seed of greatness is already in each, of, each and every one of us. Now, let me go back. Let me just get back on track here. Remember now, you and I, 1 uh, Peter uh, 1.23, we were born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So the word gave, uh, pr- the word produced us. Got it? Got it? Okay, y'all, you got to say something or move your head or something so I know some of y'all looking like deer in the headlights. I don't, don't want to leave anybody behind because I'm going somewhere tonight here. Okay? So we've been produced by the word of God. All right, now let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 35. Now this is uh, where the angel Gabriel comes to announce to Mary that she's going to have a child. Everybody familiar with that story? Okay, verse 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. Now, what what does it take for conception? Seed. Seed, okay? So we understand he's talking about a seed is going to come. There's going to be some sperma come. He said, and you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32 he will be great. Are you seeing this here? He will be great. He's telling her from the jump, he will be great. Your son's not going to be some average boy. He's going to be great. Your son, he's not, not going to be some boy just barely skating by. He's going to be great. Now we're going to find out why he's going to be great. It says he'll be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How can I have a child, and how can he be great? Since I do not know a man. Normally you have to, (laughs) a CB dude's got his own kind. I haven't even known a man yet. And Joseph, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's a carpenter. 
about it. Verse 35, and the angel, how's it going to be great? How are you going to have this? How's it going to happen? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So it's going to be not Joseph's seed. It's going to be God's seed, God's incorruptible seed. And John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then verse 14 says, and the Word, that Word that was spoken to Mary, became flesh. So she received a Word, a Word, a great seed Word, and that Word became flesh. You got it? So from the very jump, we know he's going to be great. Y'all got this tonight. I say y'all got this tonight. Glory to God. So, so, so notice, uh, he said again here, <clears throat> he will be great. He'll be great. So listen to this. God only deposits great things in you. You, you got to get that. God only deposits great things in you. That's very important here. <laughs> if your idea came from God, it'll be great. If your dream came from God, if your vision came from God, if your song came from God, if that play you're writing came from God, if that book that you got the idea for came from God, come on now, that poem you got came from God, if that anything, if that business idea came from God, because God only deposits greatness. Because you know, that's all he has to offer. God doesn't have anything else to offer but great. He can't give you anything but great. This son that was going to be born to Mary was going to be great because his dad is God. So it's got to be great. Anything God produces is going to be great. Anything that's a result of his seed is going to be great. So anything that the word produces in your life is going to be great. It's not meant to be average or mediocre or regular. It's meant to be great. Are y'all with me tonight? Glory to God. So it's meant to be great. In fact, let's look at this here. Go back. We're still in Luke 1, right? Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Talking about anything that God deposits in you is going to be great. Luke 1, verse 11. This is the story where Zacharias gets the word about a son being born to him, John, who we know is John the Baptist, right? Verse 11, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be, come on, great in the sight of the Lord. Now, this is a God-given thing here. No, God's not going to be John's father, but, the, but the, the, the conception is because of God. It's a miracle from God. Remember, they had been praying for years, and probably by this time had forgotten all about, well, we're, it's too late now. We're old, and, you know, we're up in our 80s. This is what, you know, how old they are. We're just, let's not even think about a child. But God comes along and says, hey, your prayer has been heard. 
I'm going to give you something. Well, what, if I give you anything, it's going to be great. So he says, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Y'all got this here. All right. So if anything, if God has to do with anything to do with, with what you're doing, it's going to be great. Tell your neighbors, it's going to be great. Praise God. Why? Because God is great. You got it? And he does marvelous things. That's all God does, marvelous things. Let's keep looking at your Bible here. Let's look at Job, please. Job chapter 5. Are you getting anything so far? And what am I doing tonight? I'm trying to stir you up again. I'm trying to stir up and, and awaken in you this understanding of greatness. I'm trying to unsettle you out of, uh, you know, I, what I want to do is stir up the eagle's nest. That's what I want to do. Thank you, Lord. That's the picture. I want to start, you know, when, when, when the mama eagle decides it's time for the, for the baby eagles to get out that, that nest and fly, she starts stirring that, that nest up. She starts taking away, in fact, what she does is all the little plush, little things she's put in the nest for their comfort, she starts picking them out. She removes all the little plush little feathers, all the little nice little leaves she's found, and she, she makes sure all, the, all the, the thorns and, and the little twigs are exposed, so now it's uncomfortable for them to sit in that nest any longer. Then she starts nudging them with their, with their wing. Get out of here. It, you got to fly. You've been in this nest long enough. You've been settled. You've been eating off me long enough. It's time for you to fly. Now tell your neighbor, it's time for you to fly. Come on, tell them like, like they need to hear. Tell them it's time for you to fly. It's time for you to get out the nest and take off and soar with eagles, eagles' wings. Praise God. So my job is to stir you and, and make you unsettled where you are. Job chapter, chapter 5, are you there? Job 5, now remember we're talking about that whatever God does, if God has anything to do with, with you and your things, it's supposed to be great. Okay? Now Job chapter 5, verse 8. Verse 8. It says, but as for me, I would seek God. Now, this is, this is you can write it in your, in your Bible like I did, great advice. <laughs> if anybody ever comes to you, anybody ever come to you for advice before? Has anybody ever had that happen? Somebody come to you, hey, friend, or, you know, mom, or sis, what's, you know, I'm going through this, I'm dealing with this situation. What do you think I, I, I should do? What you should do is take me to this verse right here. Job chapter 5, verse 8. As for me, if you were me, because, you know, they always ask you, what would you do if you were me? I don't know what I would do if I were you, but if you were me, I learned that from dad. I can't tell you what I would do if I were you, but I can tell you what you would do if you were me. As for me, I would seek God. I don't know, you know, the doctor said so. I don't you know, as for me, I would seek God. The job is threatening layoffs. Well, what do you think we ought to do? I don't know. As for me, I will seek God. You know, I'm interested in the nice little young lady I found or this nice little young man I found. We weren't interested in talking. Well, what do you think about him? I don't know, but as for me, think about getting married. As for me, child, I would seek God. <laughs> Whatever you're going through, I would seek God. That, you know, from now on, I, I think I can clear out all my counseling calendar right here. Let's this one verse. 
Pastor needs some counseling. All right, here's your counseling. Job chapter 5, verse 8. As for me, I will seek God. And, and to God, I will commit my cause. I put this before God. God, what, what do I need to do in this thing here? I mean, doesn't your Bible say in James 1, 5, if any man like wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberal upbraids not? So God will give you wisdom yourself. Glory to God. So as for me, I will seek God. And to God, I will commit my cause. Who does? Come on, who does what? Great things and marvelous things without limit, without number. So God does great things, unsearchable things. He does marvelous things without number. That means, means without limits. So God never runs out of marvelous things to do. Glory to God. How many of y'all ever played chess or checkers? You know, one of those games like that. And you get down to it and somebody either has you on checkmate or, you know, got you down to your last move. And, you know, they got a king found all over the place and you get stuck. And you're like, well, I don't have any more moves. Let me tell you something. With God. There's always one more move. Oh, you need better hear that. I don't care if the deadline has arrived with God. There's always one more move. God does marvelous things without number. In other words, without limits. God is never limited by what he can do. Glory to God. When the doctors say, we've done all we can do. Fine, y'all have hit y'all limit. But God is unlimited in what he, what he can do. God can do things without number. God has millions of ways to make you a millionaire. Things you never thought about, things the doctor never thought about. God has millions of ways to heal your body. Come on now, one guy, one guy, he's blind, and Jesus takes him out, 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 out of the town, and he just, he just lays hands on him. One, another guy's blind, he spit on his eye. Another guy who's blind, he said, what you want to do? He said, I want to receive my sight. He said, fine, receive it. Same issue. One he spoke to, one he touched, one he spit on. But they all got healed. <laughs> Come on. Y'all hearing this tonight. All right, verse 9. So he does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, without limits. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields, he's, now watch verse 11. He sets, this is what God, this is what great God does. He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. Your King James used the word exalted. Those who, are, who mourn are exalted. So this is exaltation. This is how we started this whole series several weeks ago on exaltation. That God is always interested in raising you up. So it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter where you start. This is what I want you to see. It doesn't matter what station or what, what your position is where, when, when God found you. Because if you give God time, if you would uh, seek God, if you would go ahead and depend on him and commit your cause to them, he's going to raise you up. I said he's going to raise you up. It says, verse 11, he sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. How many of y'all want to live in safety? Yeah. All right, that's good. That's good. No, safety sounds good, but let's look at that word safety in the Hebrew and see what it means. That word safe in the Hebrew, give me that, please. It's the, it's the Hebrew word yesha. Yesha. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's just one letter short of Yeshua. Yeshua is where we get the word Joshua from, but also where we get Jesus from. 
Yeshua. So he lifts you up to Yeshua, which literally means deliverance. Well, uh, salvation, rescue, safety, welfare, prosperity, and victory. So those who are mourning, who are down and out, he'll lift you up. Lord, lift us up where we belong, where the eagles fly, on the mountain high. Some of y'all remember that? Glory to God. Get, get, give me that word safety again. That word safety again. I want you to say it again. This word safety. Yes, sir. Everybody say yes, sir. Yes. That sounds like tongues. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're saying deliverance, Lord. Deliverance. Salvation. Rescue. Safety. Welfare. Now, welfare in me doesn't talk about government hand. I was talking about you faring well. Prosperity and victory. So he'll lift you up to victory. No matter how long you've been defeated and getting whooped by the devil, if you call on Jesus, he'll make everything all right. Glory to God. He'll lift you to prosperity. The Bible even says he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. It's God's idea. Y'all got that? All right, so he will lift or uh, he will set on high those who are who lowly and those who, are mourn, who mourn are lifted or exalted to safety. Okay. So, with God's help, with God on our side, and if we're following God, doesn't matter where we start, by the end we're going to be great. As a matter of fact, we can become the greatest. Go go to Job 1. We can become the greatest. When you walk with God, how many of y'all walking with God? Look at Job 1. Let's look look at one of our examples here, Job. Job 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was what? Job, and that man was blameless and upright. That means this guy's walking with God, right? And one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were what? 7,000 sheep. Come on. 3,000 camels. Keep going. Come on. 500. And so that this man was. Oh, my goodness. This man was the greatest of all the people of the East. He's walking with God. He's fearing God. He's shunning evil. He's upright, blameless. God's on his side. He's on God's side. And look, notice how, how, he, how he, uh, he's described. Well, he went through. Yeah, but look how he ended up. If you read the end of the book in Job 42, he ended up, the Bible says, with twice. What, so what you read here, man, that's nice. He was already the greatest with this. Y'all miss it. He was already the greatest with this. But your Bible says that the Lord shall increase your greatness and comfort you on every side. So Job might have gone through some hardships, but through it all, God increased his greatness and comforted him on every side. So what, everything you see here, he ended up with twice as much. Are y'all seeing this here? God has no interest in, interest in you being small potatoes. No interest in you being the bottom of the totem pole. What? 7,000 sheep? 3,000 camels? 500 yoga boxing? 500 
female donkeys? Dog. Some of y'all are, who going to take care of all that? That very large household. That very large household. That's, the, that's, that's right. Them servants don't take care of all that stuff. Glory to God. And they're paid well, servants. They're paid well. Glory to God, because he's an upright man. I mean, he's the kind of guy, you read, read through, through that book, between chapter 1 and 42, you'll see we talked about how, how when there was any widow who needed, he was the one who always took care of all the widows. He's the one who always took care of all the orphans, all the poor. He's the one who did it out of his own, out of his own funds. He was a giver, so you know he took care of his servants. Glory to God. He was the greatest. He was the greatest. Y'all got this here. All right, now, so let's keep moving here. So we're talking about, again, that we're supposed to be the greatest here. Now, we know Proverbs 4.18. Y'all know that verse? You don't have to turn to it. But Proverbs 4.18 talks about something here, that, that our path is supposed to get brighter and brighter. Right? Everybody say, my path is getting brighter and brighter. My path is getting brighter and brighter. All right, now, remember we read in Luke chapter 1. Let's get that back up on the screen. Luke 1.32. Luke 1.32 where the angel prophesied to Mary, he will be great. He will be great. Okay? Now, remember I, I preached this about, I guess, three Wednesdays ago now, this message program for greatness. Remember that? So, Jesus Christ was programmed for greatness. Okay? Why? Because he's born with his, father, his father's DNA. You understand that? He's born with Father God's, from Father God's seed, so he's programmed. You, don't, you understand, a, a seed is already programmed to produce, right? Remember that tomato seed we planted? You know it's going to bring tomatoes. You know, you know a mango tree is not going to grow out of it. You already know that. Don't go looking for any, any mangoes. You planted a tomato seed, and that tomato seed is programmed to produce tomatoes. Matter of fact, uh, if you were to plant a mango seed, it's programmed to produce a tree full of mangoes. Mangoes, tree, seeds aren't, aren't programmed to produce one mango. No, oh, y'all missed that. They're not programmed to produce one mango. They're programmed to produce a tree full of mangoes every year. Every year. And, oh, I'm so excited because I look in the yard next door to my house and I, I see the little buds, man. The little... They're small right now. Oh, but in a few more months, Lord Jesus. But those mangoes, go, and they, 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 they get like big as your head, those big ones too, boy. Ooh-wee. Where did all that come from? A seed. I'm talking about what's on the inside of you. Okay? So Jesus Christ was programmed for greatness because he's, he's got the Father God's Father God seed on the inside of him, right? All right, now, you remember the story of Jesus Christ? He had a very humble beginning, okay? Born in a manger. Born to, uh, we could say, lower-class parents, right? His parents weren't, weren't well off. We know that because of the offering that they were going to take for his dedication. They were, they were you know, the, the turtle doves, that was a poor man's offering. Got it? So Jesus was born into that, but on the inside of him. 
Okay, y'all, y'all not catching this here. He was born into humble beginnings, born into this uh, lower class uh, family, but on the inside of him. There's his greatness. <laughs> okay? Remember what I keep saying to you. It doesn't matter where you start. Give, give me Job 8, verse 7 on the screen, please. Job 8, verse 7. In fact, give it to me King James. That's how I like it. I like it, King James. Job 8, verse 7, King James. Read it with me. Ready? Read. Though thy beginning yet. So it doesn't matter how small your beginning is. Doesn't matter how humble your beginning is. Doesn't matter how lowly your beginning is. Your latter end would greatly or it should greatly increase. So inside of you, there's already enough. There's the, the seed of this, the, the mango tree is already on the inside of you. With bushels and bushels and bushels of mangoes. Glory to God. So what's, what's on the inside of you is, is greatness and visions and dreams and ideas and enterprise. Not just business. Enterprise is already on the inside of you. All it needs is to be awakened. All it needs is to be stirred up. All it needs is somebody to give it some attention. To begin to nourish that. Glory to God. To help bring out what's already been placed on the inside of you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to show you something here. Go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. Because here's Jesus. He's born with this greatness seed on the inside of him. But he's born... In a manger, he's born to lower class parents in terms of finance, the socioeconomic class. Uh, he doesn't have much going for him in the natural. But there's a seed of greatness on the inside of him. Okay? So what God has to do is God has to now come and stir that seed up. Okay, I better help you because y'all are y'all sitting thinking, Jesus Christ, he was born Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was born not knowing he was Jesus Christ. He wasn't born knowing he was Jesus. He wasn't born knowing he was the son of God. The, your Bible says he had to search the scriptures. He had to find about, about himself in the scriptures. He didn't know when he was born, oh, I'm, I'm the one going to the cross. He didn't know that. He didn't know anything about this greatness on the inside of him. He didn't know from his birth he was a son of God. He didn't know that. You understand this here? He was born as a regular boy. He was a regular boy. Now, he will be great. <laughs> he will be great. But at birth, there was nothing special about, he wasn't born with some halo around him. We see these pictures of Jesus Christ as a little baby, and there's this big old glow of halo. There wasn't no halo around Jesus. He wasn't born with little, little baby little wings on his back. He was just a little, little baby, just a regular baby. Like any other baby born in the world. But on the inside of him. <laughs> so God... It's important for you to say that because, see, you look at yourself like, wait, well, nothing special about me. 
It doesn't matter. Don't matter. Don't look at yourself, yourself in the mirror in the, in the bathroom. Look at yourself in the mirror of the word of God. Because when you look in the mirror of the word of God, you're going to discover there's greatness all up in you. There's greatness all up in you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's greatness all up in you. And what it takes is somebody to get in your face, to get in your crawl, and stir that up. And challenge you to keep you out of this mediocrity. And to let you know that you, that you there's much more to you than you know. So Jesus has to be stirred up. Well, along come the wise men. Tell your neighbor, alone come the wise men. Because <laughs> God's got to stir him up. God's got to start getting him to understand, oh, there's something about you, boy, because he don't know it. So Matthew 2, Matthew 2, look at verse 1. Now we're talking about shining stars. I'm going to go somewhere here if you give me a little few minutes tonight. Matthew 2, verse 1. I probably won't finish this, but we'll get as far as we can. It says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days with Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, now watch, watch, watch this, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, they know this, but he, Jesus doesn't know this. You understand this? They know from having studied the scriptures. They know from all the prophecies about him that he's supposed to be born. And there's some kind of evidence that's, that's calling him to say, wait a minute. He must be here because we're seeing something here. Now, he doesn't know this yet. It says, where is he who was born king of the Jews? What? Keep going here. For we have seen, oh my God, his star in the east, and I've come to worship him. We have seen his star. <laughs> Look at verse 9. I'm going to skip down, down to verse 9. You know, so they, they end up running into Herod. Tell him what's going on. Say, so Herod, now he's going to play, play along and, okay, hey, yeah, go find out where he is. I want to I worship him myself, and you know, but he wants to kill him, right? Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Stop. They knew he had been born. Now, by this time, Jesus Christ is about two years old. Because he's not a baby anymore. When you read in Luke chapter 1, when the shepherds show up, he's a baby. That's why all the Christmas cards and all the nativity scenes are wrong. When they have shepherds and wise men there at the same time, that's error. Because those shepherds came when he was a baby, but the wise men came when he was a young child. Got it? Got it? Okay, so here they are. He's a young child now, but he still doesn't know who he is yet. He can't read. He doesn't know who he is. So God's got to stir him up. 
So these wise men, they know he, he's born, and then they know how to find him because they followed a star. Everybody say a star. A star. Now that's interesting that God will use a star. Remember the children of Israel when they were being led from uh, the wilderness to the promised land? They followed a pillar of clouds by day and a pillar of fire by night. Clouds and fire. Well, why didn't God just use clouds and fire for these wise men to show them where Jesus was? Well, the clouds and the fire were leading the children of Israel to a place. But the star was leading the wise men to a person. So God identified Jesus with a star. Are y'all with me on this? Hang on to your britches here. So they see a star. They said, their words were, we have seen not a star, we have seen his star. Now why, pray tell, would God use a star to mark Jesus? You want to know why? Because he was a descendant of Abraham. Oh, you're waking up now. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Come on. Oh, you Bible scholars are waking up now. Genesis 15. Oh. Genesis 15. Are you there? First book in the Bible. Genesis 15. Are you there? Glory to God. Verse 3. Verse 3, verse 3, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring, no seed. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Verse 5, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them, and he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So shall your seed be. Oh, well, yeah, Jesus means a star, a lot of them. No, your descendants shall be stars. You caught it already. Yell it out loud, yell it out loud. Oh, he got it. He already got a hold of this revelation here. He says your descendants shall be stars. So we know Jesus Christ is the seed of Abraham. So these wise men, they, they find him because God identifies his son, his child, his great seed. Not with a cloud. Not with fire. Woo but with a star. I'm going to show you where my son is if you follow his star. Tell you that, but your star is on the rise. Your star is on the rise. Are you, are, all right, Genesis, Genesis, let's keep going, Genesis. Oh, God, I'm almost out of time. I'm almost out of time. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. 
He says, so shall your, your, your descendants be. They're going to be like stars. Genesis 22, are you there? Verse 15. Verse 15, Abraham has taken Isaac, his natural-born seed, up on the mountain. He's going to kill him like, like God challenged him to. But God's really not, doesn't want him to kill his seed. He's just testing his heart to see where he is. And so the angel comes out and says, wait, 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 hold Abraham, hold, hold your horses. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have to kill him. I know you love God now. I know you love God now. Now look down here, 22, verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your, your only son, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as a sand which is on the seashore and your descendants, watch this, shall possess, come on, your descendants are going to be somebody. They're going to possess the gate of their enemies. Glory to God. They're going to take over the, the enemy territory. They're going to possess the enemy's land. They're going to take everything the enemy has from them. Verse 18, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Got it? Got it? All right, now. So again, your seed, your descendants will be multiplied as the stars of heaven. All right? Go to the end of the book. Hebrews, please. Hebrews. Hebrews. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Shining star. Hebrews 11, are you there? All right, not enough. Hebrews 11, are you there? All right, verse 11, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now, who is that one man? Abraham, right? Now, let's look at verse 12, okay? How many have your Bible? Okay, I want you to look at verse 12 in your Bible because the screen doesn't help you with this. Look at verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as. In my Bible, the words as many are italicized, which means that they were added. So let's take out as many, and now let's read it. Got it? Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as the stars of the sky in multitude. Oh, man, I wonder if this helping anybody here. Somebody shout, I'm a star. I'm a star. Hallelujah. Well, this is God's, God, this is Abraham's descendants. Remember Galatians 3.29? We know Galatians 3.29 says, if you belong to Christ, then you are, come on, Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you belong to Christ, then you are a star of Abraham's descendants here. Got it? Glory to God. Everybody say, I'm a star. Everybody, come on, say it. Say, I'm a star. I'm a star. Glory to God. I'm not talking about you going on star search and singing a song and 
American Idol and who's got talent, all that kind of foolishness. I'm talking about, no, God has already made you a star, and it's your time to shine. I said it's your time to shine. I said it's your time to shine. Glory to God. You're not a fading star. It's your time to shine. Bright for all the world to see. You're meant to shine, star. I said you're meant to shine brightly, star. Can I show you something here? Can y'all handle this? Y'all sure? It's your time to shine. Tell your neighbor it's your time to shine. No, tell them again, it's your time to shine. I wonder, can you handle this here? Now, my time is already up. Y'all got a few minutes? All right, go to Genesis 1. Let's check, check your revelation tolerance. Genesis chapter 1. Everybody say, I'm a star. Tell you that, but you're a star in God's book. We just say things like, you don't have to be a star, baby, to be in my show. You're already a star. You're in God's show. You're in the greatest show on earth. You're in the greatest show in the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to begin. God's about to peel back the curtains of the universe and reveal the manifested signs of the living God. Somebody said, I'm a star. And it's my time to shine. Well, how do I know? How do we know it's your time to shine? Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 14. I know you've read this a thousand times. Y'all read it in preschool. You read it in children's church. Genesis 1, verse 14. Are you there? Are you there? Then God said, now this is the fourth day, let there be lights in the firmament, that's the skies of the heavens, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days, come on, and years, verse 15, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So everything he's about to mention now is meant to give light on the earth. Everything we're about to read on the day four of creation, on the fourth day of creation, is meant to bring light on the earth. Jesus said, let your, oh, y'all miss it, y'all slow. Yet let your light so shine before men that they may see and glorify your Father. So my light's supposed to be shining, right? Now watch, 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 watch. Okay, he said, so, all right. He said, let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Verse 16, then God made two Great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God, verse 17, God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. Got it? So what's the greater light? Everybody say it. The sun. What's the lesser light? The moon. Got it? So which one rules the day? The sun. Which one rules the night? The moon. Okay, now let's go back, please, to verse 16. Verse 16. 
Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Period. He made. Now in your book, he made is italicized. So that was thrown in there. But you don't need it. Because if you were to read it in his little translation, it would read this way. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, the stars also. So the, lesser, the greater light, the sun, rules the day. The lesser light, the moon, rules the night, the stars also. Also what? The stars also rule the night. You don't see stars during the day. You see stars during the night. That, that's when they shine the brightest. The darker the night, the brighter the Man, I'm going to tell you something. I remember, I remember being, being in Africa. Matter of fact, my, my wife will tell you this. When, when we were over in the Marshall Islands, and we were on a boat out there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There are no street lights. No. There's no high rise and all that lights. It is pitch black in the night. And the blacker it was, oh my God, the stars look like they're right there. You can touch them. Because the darker the night, the brighter the stars shine. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth, and gross darkness the people. Right now, the darker it is, the brighter you and I should be shining. He has made us to rule the night. Somebody shout, I'm a star. Shout, I'm a shining star. Now, now, I want you to see this here. I want you to see this here. Now, again, so, so, so. The, the greater light rules the day, the lesser light rules the night, the stars also. So the stars also rule the night. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So stars give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night. To divide or make a difference between. So you and I make a difference between light and darkness. That's why those in darkness hate the light. Because they know their works will be exposed. That's why some of your family don't like, the, don't like when you come around. That, that's why folks in your job, they, they avoid you because you, you expose their darkness by your light. I can't help it, baby. I'm a shining star. Turn it off. I can't help it. I'm a shining star. Wherever I go, I shine. Wherever I go, I radiate. Wherever I show, I go, I, 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 I shine for it. That's why when you walk into a room, you ought to stand out. You are not designed to blend into a crowd. You are designed that when you walk in a room, all eyes on me. Y'all don't want to hear that. I said from now on, all eyes on me. When you walk in a room from now on, all eyes on you because you're going to be the brightest thing in the whole room. When you know who you are, you don't shrink back from attention. You, now wait a minute. He said the, the greater light rules the day, 
The lesser light rules the night and the stars also. Which means the stars are part of the ruling class. I'll come over here. The greater light rules the, rules the day, the lesser light rules the night, which means, and the stars also, which means the stars are also part of the ruling class. Stars rule along with the moon. Oh, can y'all handle this here? <laughs> this, will, this will make more sense to you here as we go. Look, 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 look at, give, give, me, give, me, give me Revelation 22. Revelation 22. Let me show you something here. I wonder can y'all handle this here. I wonder can y'all handle this here. Revelation 22, verse 16. Revelation 22, verse 16. Who's talking here? How do we know? Because he said, I, Jesus. This is not some Apple thing. This is I, Jesus. <laughs> he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. Notice how he describes himself. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the what? Bright and bright and what? So the morning stars in the day. The greater light rules in the day. He he just told us. Because you're trying to figure out, okay, well, there's got to be some revelation from this passage. The greater light, the lesser light, the, who are we? Jesus said, I'm the bright morning star. So in this picture, I'm the sun. And before he left his planet, he said this. I must work while it's day. Did he say that? He said, I must work while it's day. For the night comes and no man can work. See, the night comes, now Jesus Christ is off the scene. But he said, I'm sending a comforter. When I leave, I'm sending back a comforter, a paraclete, and a alongside helper who's just like me. And he says, he will not speak of his own, but what he hears, he will speak. You scientists know this, the moon does not give off its own light. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. So the Holy Ghost only speaks what he hears. So if Jesus Christ is the sun, the Holy Ghost is the moon, guess who the stars are? It's nighttime, and now it's our time to rule. For your word says that we must rule in the midst of our enemies. Oh, doesn't your Bible say that God's raised us up with Christ and made us sit together in him in Are we not seated in the heavenly places? Aren't stars, they're seated in their sockets? You and I are seated together in heavenly places. Not just sitting there like waiting on time to pass. No, we're here to shine and rule. Everybody say rule. See, the, the lesser light and the stars also rule the night. The church has been sitting here letting the darkness rule. 
Oh, Jesus. We've been letting the darkness rule. No, it's time for the stars with the help of the Holy Ghost, the moon, to rule the night. Well, we know, thank you, Holy Ghost. In God's timing, in God's order, the evening and the morning are the first day. So evening comes before the day, right? So now, here we are. Uh, it's, it's nighttime now. But there's a morning coming. There's a, there's a we call it a great getting up morning. Jesus Christ is going to come back, and he's going to once again rule the day. And at that, at that point, there will never, ever be another night. See, he's coming back because the evening and the morning in God's order are the, are the first day, the second day, third day, sixth day, seventh day, so on forth. So right now, we're in charge. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. It, he, he, it's nighttime. But this nighttime is preparing for the next day. So right now, it's our time to rule. We should be ruling in government. We should be ruling in business. We should be ruling in education. We should be ruling in media. We should be ruling in arts and entertainment. We should be ruling in, 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 all, in every field, every mountain of influence. We should be ruling here with the Holy Ghost. Y'all got this here? Oh, uh, give me something here. Give, give me, uh, give me uh, 2 Peter 1, 19. 2 Peter 1, 19. Glory to God. And this is what, what Peter says. Watch it, watch it up here. He says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Now switch to the New Living Translation, please. The NLT, NLT, same verse, NLT. Watch this. Matter of fact, I'd like you to read with me when we get it. New Living Translation, same verse. Ready? Read. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until and Christ the morning star shines. So what happens, Christ is the morning star. He shines in your heart's revelation. He, all of a sudden now you're, you are awakened. <sighs> See, when you, when you were uh, a sinner, the Bible says we walked in darkness. That's what the Bible says. We walked in darkness. It says those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This light, Jesus Christ, shined in our heart. And all of a sudden, he turned us on. <gasps> Now, we're not the greater light. We're not the lesser light. We're the stars. But we shine along with the moon. We shine right now. Right? Isn't it the Holy Ghost ministry right now? Where's Jesus Christ? The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting there until his enemies become his footstool. He's just sitting there making intercession for us. And the Holy Ghost is listening. What, what, what do we do? All right, give me instruction. What do we do on this planet? What do we do? What do we do? And then he, we're the stars. We operate. Now, in our, in our galaxy, <laughs> okay, uh, how many uh, in our solar system, uh, I should say in our orbit, how many moons are there in our orbit? One. one. We have one moon in, in Earth's orbit. But how many stars are out there? 
billions of stars out there, man. That's us. That's us. Y'all see this here? All right, let me, let me try, to, try to get this thing close to finish here. Go, go to Daniel 12. Go to Daniel 12. Daniel 12. Let's look at this end time prophecy. Daniel 12. Give it to me immediately. Daniel 12, verse 1 through 3. Daniel 12, verse 1 through 3. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the end, an end time prophecy of the times we're, we're about to enter into uh, any moment now. Okay? It says, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since the, there was a nation. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. How many of y'all names are written in the book? All right. Verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. We're talking about the rapture time now, right? The dead of Christ is going to rise. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now watch verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness. How many soul winners do I have in here? Those who turn many to righteousness. Those who win souls, those who get people saved, those who participate in this great harvest, they're going to shine, here's what it is, like the stars. What? Why does he come back here and say stars? Because we're his stars. We're going to shine like the stars forever and ever. My goodness. So when God's, when God's awakening greatness in you, he, 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 uh, he's going he's gonna to show you your star and show you that you are a star. Tell your neighbor right in the eyeball, tell him you're a star. <laughs> you're not famous yet, but you're a star. But God will make your name great. Wasn't that the promise in, in Genesis 12? I'm going to make your name great? Can I give you one more? When, go back to Genesis um, 37. Remember we talked last week about how God had to awaken this greatness in Joseph? Anybody remember that? And Joseph had, these, had several dreams. Remember the last dream he had? Look at jo Genesis 37 verse 9. Genesis 37 verse 9. This is the last dream he had. This is the one that really ticked everybody's slap off. This is the one that really made them, all right, we're going to kill this joker right here. We're done with him. We're going to cut his head off. This is the one that got him put out the house. This is the one. Now, he had many dreams of greatness, but this one dream blew them out of the water. They, they oh, no, we're going to kill that joker there. We're done with him. Watch verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed Another dream. And this time, this time, this dream, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Now his, his dad, he's, look at verse 10. He told his father and his brothers, 
And his father rebuked him and said to him, now his dad gets interpretation right away. His dad knows exactly what he's talking about. He said, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed bow, come to bow down to the earth before you? He know, wait a minute. You, I'm the sun, your mama is the, is the moon, and your brothers, y'all are, y'all are the stars. He identified, he knew who all the stars were. He knew it. Are you seeing that here? These are Abraham's descendants. You understand you're Abraham's descendant. If you, look, you belong to Christ, you're Abraham's seed, Genesis, uh, Galatians 3.29. And here's according to the promise. So you, in God's book, you are stars. Okay. All right. Let, okay, can I, can I finish? Let me finish one more, one more place here. One more. Uh, go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Now, while you're going there, I'm going to talk about Luke, uh, what we read in, I'm sorry, what we read in Matthew 2. Remember we read in Matthew 2 about the wise man came? We got hung up on the stars here tonight, okay? But so they, they followed this star. God identified Jesus Christ with a star. But the other thing that, that God did through the wise men to awaken Jesus' greatness, his awareness of greatness, was he made them give him an endowment. Y'all remember that? They came, they followed his star. They found his star. We finished, I think, in Matthew 2, verse 10, didn't we? And they, 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 they rejoiced when they saw his star. The very next verse says, and they came into the house where he was and fell down before him and worshiped him. And then they gave him, they opened their treasures and they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, again, don't get the greeting card picture of this. Don't get the little, you know, nativity scene picture of this where it's just three guys on three broke-down little camels coming in, and they got three little boxes coming in. That's not what this is. This is a very great retinue, a very large contingency of wise men. The Bible never said three wise men. There might be 30, 40, 50, 150 of these guys. And they're all bringing camels. And when they bring camels, the reason not... Because if they weren't bringing a large, large stuff, they would have traveled by donkey. Right. 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 The reason they travel by camel is they're bringing a whole load full of stuff. So when they brought the dromedaries in Isaiah 60, so when they brought this gift, they weren't bringing those one box of peas that they could have thrown out in their back pocket. They're bringing loads and loads of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they're loading them up so he might have been born poor. But he didn't live poor. He might have been born lowly, but he didn't live lowly. Because they loaded him up. And they did that. Now, I've taught you this before. That the, the Bible says these wise men came from where? The east. Now, remember I taught you before in Genesis 25, before Abraham died, Abraham, he gave Isaac, the Bible says, all that he had. But all his other sons he had, remember he had a bunch of sons. He gave them all a, piece, a big piece of change, and he sent them away to the east. Here is Abraham's seed coming back to his heir, his seed, Jesus, in the form of a great harvest. 
But even that wasn't all for Jesus Christ. This was merely God's deposit. This was just a deposit. Now I want to show you this. Final, this is our final scripture. E Ephesians chapter 1, 13 through 15. And let's go right to the NIV for sake of time. Ephesians 1, verse 13 through 15. Y'all have that. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with what? A seal, A seal the promised Holy Spirit, keep going, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Give me verse 15 as well, please. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not sorry, just verse 14 was fine, verse 14. He's a deposit. So for Jesus, they brought this, these gifts, it was just really a deposit. As big as it was, it was just a deposit. Because he's going to live his whole life in luxury, pleasure, and delight. <laughs> Jesus had it going on his whole life. He lived as a rich man his whole life. So for us, well, I didn't get my deposit. Where's my deposit? You got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your deposit. How many of y'all have the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is your deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. So you and I ought never walk around talking about, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You already got the Holy Ghost. He's your deposit on your inheritance. Your, your, your inheritance is guaranteed. That means, that means you have access, just like Jesus, just like Isaac and Jacob, to Abraham's wealth and Abraham's promise and Abraham's blessing by the Holy Ghost. See, so that's hard to put it on the inside of every one of us. So now we don't have to ever walk around, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. No, I already got my deposit. Glory to God. I've got an inheritance. Pastor Kim, I think you read this earlier about that inheritance reserved in heaven for us. That, it's, it's reserved in heaven for us. Well, I get it when I get to heaven. No, that's, that's just where it's reserved. If I, if I reserve a rental car, right, I don't. It's at the rental car place, right? Well, I can go get it, but I don't have to stay there. I get it to use it here. Matter of fact, they've got so fancy now, if I got one reserved, they'll bring it to me. Oh, I'm telling you, God will bring your inheritance to you. All you got to do is just, just receive it. Amen? And he does it by the word. He does it by the word. Say, neighbor, you're a shining star. It's time, to shine. it's time to shine. Yeah, it's my time to shine. Get on your feet. Come on. Come on. I want you to take just about three or four minutes and just pray and praise the Lord. I want you to go, go and drink this down now. Go and drink this down. Come on, pray and praise the Lord. Go and drink this down. We've laid something on you tonight. I believe that's going to help you. Go and drink it down tonight. Drink it down. Wash it down with some praise. Wash it down with some worship tonight. Come on. Let the, let the Lord know you receive what he said tonight. Let, let the Lord know you're open. Your heart is open. I'm ready to shine, Lord. I'm ready to shine, Lord. You've made me a light in this dark world. I'm ready to shine, Lord. Hallelujah. It's my time to shine. I'm ready to light my, let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify you, my Father in heaven. 
It's my time to shine. It's my time to come out of obscurity. Oh, glory, the darker the night, the brighter the shining of the stars. It's my time to come out of the darkness, my time to come out of the closet, my time to come, come out of from behind the scene. It's my time to shine, it's my time. He's about to raise me up, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but light shall arise upon you. Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. It's my time to shine, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, God knows how to reveal you. God knows how to manifest you to the world. God's not forgotten about you. He knows where you are. He's been getting you ready all these years. He's been getting you ready all this time. Oh, and it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to go center stage. It's time. It's time to go center stage. It's time for you to come out front into the world for the world to see, to shine with the brightness of our King, to shine with the brightness of our Savior, to let the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. Oh God. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Scientists are still discovering stars that they haven't seen in all these years. Well, God's revealing stars that the world has not known about. Oh, he's been preparing you. He's been getting you ready. Our light afflictions which are but for a moment, are not worthy to be compared with the glory, with the glory, with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. He's ready to reveal his glory. He's ready to reveal his glory in you, my daughter. He's ready to reveal his glory in you, my son, my sister, my brother. He's ready to reveal his glory in you. Hallelujah. He's been hiding you. He's been hiding you. He's been hiding you. Hallelujah. You've been on the backside of a mountain long enough. He's ready to take you in now. Hallelujah. And use it for his will and for his glory. Hallelujah. Your Bible says about John the Baptist. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. It goes on to say later on in that chapter that John stayed in the wilderness, in the deserts, until the time of his manifestation. In other words, God kept him in the deserts, in the wilderness, where nobody knew him. Nobody saw him until it was time for his manifestation. Ha, <laughs> ha, if you feel like you've been in the deserts, feel like you've been in the wilderness, it's God's been keeping you there until the time of your manifestation. And I have news from heaven. It's time. 
It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Come on and give God one more big praise if you receive that tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If God, if his hand is on it, it's going to be big. If he has anything to do with it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Expect the great. Expect the great. Let him raise you up. For all the world to see. I'm not comfortable being out front. Oh, uh, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> He's calling you out front. Remember, the stars rule the night. You're here as a ruler. You're in the ruling class. You're in the ruling class. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, I'm in the ruling class. That means I'm not a pauper. I'm not a peasant. I'm in the ruling class. I'm in charge. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, thank you tonight. For each person who's heard the word, I pray as your servant that they have received the word that all, all argument is settled every imagination of mediocrity and being average and common is removed, squashed, that, Lord, we take captive every thought of average, every thought of just staying in the background. You didn't call any of us to just be in the background. You called for the stars to shine at night Lord, when we walk out of this building tonight, heading home, we'll, we'll look up and notice the stars. In fact, God, you, have, you talked about stars. You, you, in fact, talked about the constellations you put in place. Your word talks about Orion. Your word talks about these constellations that you've placed there. Symbols, stars, in alignment, pictures. God, and even as us, this church exceeding Grace Christian Center, God, Make us a great constellation for this region. You formed us. You put us in a pattern to bring light and direction to those in this region, those who are wandering in darkness, those who are groping in darkness, those who are trapped in gross darkness. That God, when they look this way and they look at our lives, they'll see this constellation called Exceeding Grace Christian Center. They'll see the body of Christ coming together, not being separate, but coming together, coming together, coming together, coming together as you desire to be a light in this dark world, Lord, so that we may rule in the midst of our enemies, so that we may rule this night with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. We prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will again rule the day. Thank you, Lord.
But your word says, Father, that if we suffer with him, we'll also reign with him. So there's coming a time when we'll all rule together. Thank you, Lord. That Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star. He's the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. The star of stars. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we want to make sure we pattern our lives after his. Show us how to walk, live, talk like Jesus, give like Jesus, serve like Jesus, love like Jesus. So that, God, when people will look on us and see our good works, they'll glorify you, our Father in heaven. Now, I pray tremendous blessings upon your people that as we leave from this place, as we go back into our uh, homes, into our community, into our jobs and uh, schools and wherever we are, that we'll shine brightly for everyone around us to see, to see. We're not trying to draw attention to ourselves, but to draw attention to Jesus Christ. For he said, if he be lifted up from the earth, he draw all men to him. And so, Father, let us shine brightly. Give us a voice. I pray that, God, you begin to make us influencers, change agents in this earth realm. That whatever we see that is not right, that we'll shine brightly and rule and see the things happen and change the way that they need to change, God. We love you tonight and we bless you. I pray blessing upon your people tonight as we prepare to leave this place. I pray that, God, your grace and anointing would be upon us, that your joy would be our strength, that your peace would guard our hearts and minds, that your love would fill our hearts, O oh God. Compassion will fill our hearts, that your anointing will be upon us, God, that we, everywhere we go, we'll minister to the sick, the lost, the, the dying, the hungry, the hurting, that God will win people to Christ. For we read in your word tonight that those of us who turn others to righteousness, those of us who lead people to Christ, will shine as the stars forever and ever. So continue to bless us and keep us, Father. Bring us back this weekend, Lord, without the loss of one. We'll be careful and mindful to give you all praise, all honor, and all the glory.